0: Hi, I'm Vernon Kay, and this is the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. This is the podcast that takes you into the heart of the England camp for exclusive chats with the players in the thick of the Guinness Six Nations and the Women's Six Nations. It's been a long time coming, but this week, finally, we are joined by one of England Rugby's best loved stars.
1: I just kept growing until I was about 21. So yeah. I know I wasn't I didn't shoot up really quickly like my little brother did. He was Kind of six foot five when he was fourteen, right. <laughs> and oh. then, but he's still—he's only like six foot six now. Only but, six, foot six. Well, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> he's been representing this country for more than a decade. It is, of course, England lock Courtney Laws.
1: Eddie's done most for me. I, I was in a place when he first came where I kind of stagnated. I, I was getting in the team. I wasn't playing great, but I was just getting by, kind of thing. And I wasn't pushing myself. And Eddie really, you know, came and said, "Look, you need to push yourself. Or you're not going to be involved in the team anymore."
0: As well as hearing from Courtney, recently crowned Women's Player of the Year, England's Emily Scarratt, puts the world to rights in a round of overrated, underrated.
2: Never got the Disney thing. Even from the start? Yeah.
0: So first lot of Disney, I was out on the first, farm, wasn't first I? Lion King, first Aladdin, first... <laughs> I've
2: not seen some of them. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. I probably shouldn't have admitted that.
0: But right now, let's get stuck into our chat with this week's very special guest. All two Inside Lines' Paul Bunker sat down with the big man, Courtney, for this one. Courtney, firstly,
3: thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us this evening, taking time out on your rest day as well. So, born in London, but grew up in the Midlands, is there part of you that's got a bit of London boy about you? Or... Uh,
1: maybe a little bit, not not too much, because my mum was born in Northampton, so my parents moved back up there and were with me when I was four, so been in uh, Northampton ever since.
3: Tell us what it was like growing up in your household, what the sort of dynamic was of your family, because you've got a brother as well. Yeah,
1: I'm over eight years older than my, my little brother, so. It was a good while where I was on my on my Todd there, um, and obviously because there was a big age gap, he really used to annoy me growing up. Um, so, so yeah, we didn't get on for for quite a while, but uh, we do now, which is great. But yeah, just pretty normal family, uh, mum and dad. Just went to a normal school in Northampton, hung out on the streets, mm. <laughs> you know, did all the normal stupid stuff uh, that that kids do, and uh, got by.
3: Was it a sporty household? or Were you into sport as a youngster?
1: Uh, yeah, I did. I, was, I started playing sports when I was probably around 6 or 7 just football first and then when I got older I started playing tennis a little bit of cricket and then when I went to Northampton School for boys started playing rugby Do
3: you remember life before rugby? What you thought about rugby before you'd ever picked up a rugby ball? Had you ever seen it? Uh, I don't think I even knew
1: what rugby was before (laughs) I got into it to be honest I literally I played every sport growing up pretty much and then just love being competitive, kind of thing, and then went to Northampton School for Boys. and They were like, Oh, they're having a trial to for the team because it's quite a big rugby school. and I was like, I'll, I'll give it a crack, sounds fun, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I went down there, had a good time, was pretty good out of the block. So, uh, yeah, I went from
3: there. You're six, seven, right? Is that right, six? I am now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> clearly, hopefully, not when you nine. Have you always been tall? You know, if we look back to a, a photo of you when you were eight or nine years old, have you always been tall? Uh, I've always been a bit taller, but not not overly.
1: I think I just kept growing until I was about twenty-one. So yeah. I, I wasn't. I didn't shoot up really quickly like my little brother did. He was kind of six foot five when he was fourteen. Right, <laughs> and fine. then but he's still he's only like six foot six now. Only so, six. Foot well, six. you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, whereby I was like six foot when I was probably 15 16 right okay yeah, and yeah. then and then just kept growing so sports-wise, it things like basketball and that as well. Because I mean, I played a little bit of basketball. wasn't really that interested in it. Right. It's not a big English sport, is it? So I was mm. more into Dad was into football and cricket. So
3: yeah. And what what were you up to like away from sport and stuff like that as well? So if if we could maybe see a young Courtney, let's just say you were sort of like twelve, thirteen. Were you kind of following a particular football team? Who, who were your sort of idols? No, I, I used to watch
1: a bit of uh, my paps. Man United fan, so I used to watch a bit of Man United. Uh, but I generally just hang out. Hang out. um We used to go up the what we called the green, just a little area. Kick a ball around, and that trees as goalposts and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I just just hang around with the with the boys and play a bit of footy. My dad uh, encouraged me to play football when I was younger, so yeah, he got me into that, and then just kind of carried on with that through my you know all the way up until kind of 15 years old. But yeah, I was always looking to you know get a ball in my hand, whatever it was, and. Um, have a bit of fun.
3: Yeah. A lot of parents get a bit focused, don't they, on a particular sport, get their kids into say yeah, rugby. Yeah. And they just have them playing rugby for life. But would you say that you playing all of those sports has, has made you the, the sportsman you are today by having that sort of cross-section of skills?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it really does make a big difference, especially... Um, you know, there's a difference between hand-eye and hand-foot and stuff like that. So when you're playing all sorts of different sports, you, you get lots of different kind of coordination. So, yeah, it certainly helps when it comes to playing rugby.
3: Tell us how the whole rugby journey... So you started Northampton School for Boys as so you were playing a bit yep. there. And then at what stage were you sort of picked up by Northampton or Saints Academy? Because that, that was quite quick, wasn't it, that journey? When I was
1: 15, I joined Northampton Old Scouts, which is like the local rugby club. So I was playing for Scouts and, and Northampton School for Boys and East Midlands and what, whatever else as you do when you're younger. <laughs> um, but yeah, then um, I think I was 16 and I can't remember totally, but I know Chris Power, my old, old Scouts coach, called up Saints and was like, come down and have a look at this lad, which they did. And then they scouted me into the Saints Academy, started playing for them when I was 16 and for the Wandies when I was about 16 mm. uh, up until 18, where I got my junior contract,
3: yeah, and then from there into the seniors, and then yeah, uh, it wasn't long before under under 20s with England as well, wasn't it? Shortly after that, so well.
1: yeah, so I did under 16s England straight into under 18s England, and then went under, uh, yeah, did un, under 20s for two years, and then thought that was over. I used to hate going away because the food was I didn't really <laughs> like the food and stuff like that, so he's. I was like, yes, I don't have to go away for a while now because all the age groups finished, and then yeah. got called into the England squad that that, <laughs>
3: that same year. So I was like, oh
1: god, food was a bit better though. So yeah, so like, yeah. On the on
3: the subject of food, a little known fact that I've I've learned about you as well is that you really struggle to keep the weight on, don't you? I mean, rugby's full of players, and I wouldn't want to be rude to anyone in this (laughs) squad or in the wider game, but rugby's full of players who probably have the opposite problem of keeping the weight off, but you are literally having to eat constantly. I mean, even today I saw you have that shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do still struggle, not as much as I used to when
1: I was younger. I used to be a bit more fussy, anyway, with my eating, and I probably used to run a lot more, and (laughs) (laughs) whatever, um, but I'm, I'm able to keep it on a bit better now. I'm older, and I'm a bit heavier and stuff like that. So that, that's, that's all good. And Eddie looks after me quite well. So
2: yeah.
1: um, I don't burn too many calo- calories off each day. Yeah,
3: I, th- I think, um, someone, was it the thousand calorie shakes? Do you have some of those? There are yeah, there? yeah, yeah. We get them. That's what would go into a 1,000 calorie <laughs> shake? I don't know. It tastes good, so I'm not that fuss. <laughs> you know I mean? uh, but no, it's
1: all about calories for me because I just burn through them so quick. So yeah, yeah. You just get the calories in. Uh, my, my fat. Fat meals don't go up or down, really, so yeah, yeah it's easy.
3: And, and you're one of the guys at Pennyhill that's allowed anything off the menu, aren't you? Because, I mean, I, again, I wouldn't name the players, but some are very limited on what they can consume. Uh, but I, I think you allowed that?
1: There's only like two or three of us that can have any room service at all. So, yeah, there's, that's, that's <laughs> a big perk. Yeah, a little nice night
3: Um Rugby-wise, was there a moment, as if we, again, went to, back to a young Courtney w- when you were 16 years old, was there a moment when you actually... In your head you thought, hang on a minute, this could be a career for me and something I want to do, as opposed to it being a fun pastime with your mates. I
1: suppose I was a bit more of a space cadet when I was younger, like I didn't really think about it too much, just enjoyed playing and whatever and I, I just did that literally the whole way through. So even when I got offered a contract to get in the junior academy, I was still like, Oh cool, i get to play rugby, do you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I never really thought about it too much, kinda of fell into it almost and Obviously, you work hard for it, and if you enjoy it, it makes it all, all all the more easier and, and better.
3: Yeah, and was it was there ever a plan B? Did Courtney have ever have a plan B down? Because you went to college, did you actually? Yeah, I start went college. college? Yeah, yeah, I did um, like architecture
1: and stuff like that. So I, my dad's into property, so I probably would have gone into something like that. Mm. Yeah,
3: but uh, that's worked out pretty well, and it so far. I'm yeah. just looking at as well playing for England now for it's eleven years now, isn't it? Two thousand and nine. Yeah. I mean. How, can you believe? I mean, firstly, how quickly it must have gone. But yeah. that's an amazing career, isn't it, for for anyone to represent their country for eleven years? Courtney, is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, incredibly proud. Proud to be able to represent my country. Just, just generally, to be honest, um, and, and to be able to do it for so long. You know, I just want to give whatever I can to the to the mm. team.
3: Uh, you're, you're famous in rugby circles for being a hard hitter. Yeah. In fact, last night I heard a story about the way that you hit boxing gloves and that the, the S&C guys were just saying the, the power you can generate. Was there again a moment because for every rugby player, they've you know Billy's got things in his armory. Obviously, Owen's got lots of things in his armory. Was there a moment for you when the when they were like, "Got this this lad's timing and his tackle technique is amazing." Is when you became kind of the enforcer? Was there a moment like that that you remember? Uh, not necessarily a moment.
1: I mean, I think um, through my career, I've tried to develop as as a player, and a lot of what I'm about comes from what been, what form I've been able to get into at that particular moment in time. I've I've suffered a lot of injuries playing rugby, East, which is Obviously quite unfortunate, but I've only had a couple of instances in my career where I felt like I can really express myself on the pitch and be be the player I know I can be because I need a good run of games and I need to be able to stay fit for a long period of time, so... Um, I have had a couple of spells doing that. One when I was much younger, and then obviously before the Lions tour and stuff like that, where I had a couple of years where I was I was fit and, and playing and mm. got up to some good form. And hopefully, I can continue that now because feel like I'm in good form at the minute too.
3: Yeah, and just on the tackle technique, do you work hard on that on your timing technique and actually, I suppose, what stands you apart compared because everyone in this squad can tackle well. Yeah, yeah. Then there's there's a few of you. That uh,
1: I don't think it's anything I've ever had to work on. L- luckily enough, but it's just quite. It's come quite naturally to me. In terms of you talking about the the power hitting pads, mm. it's, it's more to do with timing than than much anything else. And obviously you have to have a bit of power behind it, or whatnot. But I've always had quite a good timing for for a hit. And then I've you know I've got a little bit of a mean street like that I, I don't mind, and that's half of it as well. So,
3: so in the head as well. It's, it's, also it's a lot of it's mentally. mental. Yeah. yeah certainly,
1: yeah. you see a lot of big big guys that don't hit people as hard as they they could or should be able to. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, and I'm not really that big in terms of. You know, second rows and stuff like that. It's just about mindset and being willing to put your body on the line again. Yeah. yeah,
3: To get one cap for any rugby player is, is amazing, but to be in the mix for 11 years. yeah. Can I ask how, how you've developed as a player over that time? Because I'm sure a young Courtney Laws at 19, who's 20, who's stepping into the fray, yeah. is playing a very different game to today's Courtney.
1: Yeah, I'm a lot heavier now than I was when I was younger, so that plays a bit, a bit of a part into it And what in terms of what I can do on the pitch. Yeah, you know, I'm much better at kind of knocking down knocking down walls now and when I was a bit younger I was certainly more better in uh, in open space, you know, fleet of foot and whatnot. So but in terms of developing as a player I think I've developed well in kind of leadership and being able to identify situations and, and things that should be said and what I can give to a team in, in terms of that and then ball handling, like I said, trying to get through the line and mm. then my tackle selection has certainly changed because I used to just try and hit anybody and that was not good for you. Um, so yeah I'm, my tackle selection is certainly better than it was when I was younger.
3: Yeah, wise, wise words got yeah. to go for the back line rather than you know yeah. Billy's come running at you, yeah. maybe turn yeah. it down a little bit with really yeah. as well but um, can, can I ask how Eddie's developed you as well because it's been a fantastic four years with Eddie, you know England, yeah. as a squad everybody's really advanced but maybe you can tell us how, how Eddie's helped you.
1: Eddie's done loads for me, I, I was in a place when he first came where I kind of stagnated, I'd, I was getting in the team I wasn't playing great but I was just getting by kind of thing and I wasn't pushing myself and Eddie really you know came and said look you need to push yourself or you're not going to be involved in the team anymore so you know I did that he wanted me to get better at my ball carrying and ball carrying more and get around the pack and, and make tackles and really simple job mm-hmm. um and it's one that you know I dedicated myself to and put my mind to worked a lot on my footwork a lot on my handling um and that helps me a lot with carrying and then it was just a matter of keeping up with, with my defence, better at tackle selection and stuff like
3: that. A couple more questions on rugby then. So what what's so special for you about the Six Nations? It's quite unpredictable and you never really know. All you can do is is
1: prepare the best you can prepare and then just hope it's enough. Mm. So no, it's great. I, lo- I love it. I think um, there's great competition between, you know, there's some good rivalries in it and we always get stuck in.
3: And tell us about this group of players Now you've played with some amazing players across Mm. the years. I mean, if you go back to 2009, you've still got some of the old, old guard that we'll remember from, you know, Johnny and those sort of things. But when you look at this group of young players that are here and what's happened in 2019, how excited are you for the opportunities ahead?
1: Yeah, extremely excited. I mean, I think we had the youngest team ever to reach a final, wasn't it? It just goes to show, I mean, I don't know if I'll make the next one, I hopefully will, um, but I know regardless that these boys that are in this group now, are, you know, they've got the best shot at it that um, England's had in a, lot
2: of, a long while. Hi, I'm Hannah Bottomer, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line.
0: We'll be back with Courtney soon, but no, let's pick up with O2 Inside Line's Nathan Middleton. He's having a chat with Red Rose's Emily Scarrett and getting her thoughts on what's hot and what's not.
2: Emily, I'm going to start off with Love Island. Underrated. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Just rubbish TV, isn't it? Easy watch. You don't have to think too hard. Yeah. Musicals. Underrated. I love a musical. Fantastic. What do you like about musicals so much? (sighs) Just they're just amazing so people are so talented live bands they've obviously worked super hard at doing their own thing just a lot of appreciation for it And jealous that i definitely don't have any of those skills disney remakes overrated and that's not going to go down well and i know it but i was never really never got the disney thing even from the start yeah so first lot i was out on the first, farm wasn't first i Lion King, first aladdin first <laughs> i've not seen some of them wow i know I know, wow. I probably shouldn't have admitted that. Poached eggs. Underrated. Every day. One, two. two. On toast. Yeah. Avocados. Sometimes. Hollandaise. Oh no. I was tight. Gravy. Overrated. So I used to I've only recently started eating it but I used to eat my Sunday dinners, no no gravy. I know. I know. Wow. Um, Ed Sheeran. Underrated. I like Ed Sheeran. Easy to listen to. Coffee. Underrated. I never enjoyed it until Amy Turner actually got me into coffee. She used to buy me um, vanilla lattes, so like basically a pudding in a cup. And slowly over the years, I've progressed. (laughs) The gateway coffee. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Worked yourself up to hardcore black (laughs) americano. Stuffed crust. Overrated. I'm a thin base girl. Scented candles. That's a tricky one. I do like a candle, but it depends what the scent is. So let's go underrated as long as it smells nice.
0: Hang on, hang on, hang on, Emily. That is so wrong. No gravy on your roast dinner. What are you talking about? Unbelievable. Outrageous. Anyway, let's move on. Thanks for that, Emily. Back now to Paul's chat with Courtney.
3: So, Courtney, give us an idea. When you're away from rugby, it's such a huge part of your life and has been for more or less most of your life. What do you like to do to sort of take take your brain and body away from it all?
1: Am I in camp or am I at home?
3: You're at home at this stage. At at home. yeah.
1: Well, I, there's not much I can do. I, I go home and I look after my four kids. <laughs> do you know <laughs> what I mean? That, there's no getting around it. No, uh, yeah, I literally, I'll go home whatever time, three or four o'clock, and then I won't sit down until seven o'clock because that's when the kids go to bed. So yeah. It's it, it's good fun, though. I love it. I love it. I love it. But um, it is hard work.
3: So you've got twins, haven't you? How, how yeah. old are the
1: twins now? Yeah, and they, the twins have just turned two. Right. And okay. then I've got yeah. a four-year-old boy and a, a six-year-old girl. Wow.
3: Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, how... how do, and give us an impression of how life changes having twins as well because once you've had two kids, maybe you know you're looking maybe for that third child, all of a sudden you've got four. Yeah. I'd imagine the workload is enormous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean to, to make it sound negative because it's not. I really, yeah. I really enjoy it. I love getting home and, and playing with them and that, and um, you know, watching them develop um, mm. as they grow older, but it certainly makes it harder in terms of being prepared to play a game of rugby on the weekend when you're when you don't get a chance to do much recovery, uh, when you go home, you're not sitting down, you're not resting, you're, you're you know, working harder than you normally would at work. So, you know, you've got to adapt and you've got to make it work.
3: Did it change you as, as, a, as a rugby player, maybe as a man as well, that fatherhood does that to because to, maybe as a as a, i'm imagining a young courtney maybe maybe a bit fiery and all of a sudden there's a real focus isn't there do, do you think it's changed you in the way you approach things
1: yeah i think i think so i don't nef- necessarily know whether it kind of changed me overnight or, or or anything like that but i was always quite i like to think i was quite mature when i was younger anyway like i don't i don't try i try not to take things for granted and try and learn as much as i can from whoever i can really but then, obviously, when you have children, you've got somebody else to look after. And If one thing it does do is change your perspective on what's really important, mm. and it gives you, you know, if you don't have a good game or what, whatever, it gives you a reason to not be sat down, to go home and, you know, switch, switch off, don't worry too much about rugby and, and think about what's really important.
3: Uh, and so, family, take up a huge amount of your time. If there is any small windows of leisure time at the end of the day I mean, yeah. what would we find you doing is it music gaming or uh, yeah
1: know? i was a pretty big gamer until the twins came along <laughs> uh i still managed to get it in with two but but now it's it's not so much i'll, I'll play the old game here and there but uh most of the time i'll be watching films or programs or whatnot with the missus when i'm in camp i might pick up a game or two yeah yeah
3: box sets and stuff and music Anything yeah you got on at the moment got,
1: yeah i've got through quite a few bits uh you know your standard game of thrones I like i like quite a lot of fantasy stuff so did stuff like True Blood. It's like a vampire. thing. it's quite cool. Um, and then I watch quite a lot of anime. Me, Genji, and Mako are like oh, okay. quite a big into anime. So we we uh, we get through quite a bit of that.
3: And what about music? Was is music a big part of your life?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I love music. Pretty standard, you know. I like hip hop, R and B. I'm probably more into
3: like R and B, uh, reggae. Yeah, stuff stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you use um, music as sort of a motivational tool, M- maybe before a game, on the way to training, post match? No,
1: I don't really need music to kind of regulate my emotions or whatever. Although it can be effective for it, I'm I'm not very like. I don't have to have have things. What do you, what do you call it when you need to go through like a routine? A uh, superstitious Superst- sort of supersti- yeah. I'm not yeah, very yeah. superstitious, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I don't really. Sometimes I wear. I'll listen to me. That sometimes I don't kind of thing. Yeah. Right.
3: Okay. So, when it's the the mood sort of takes yeah, you. Know, yeah. those Sort of things as well. Do you mind if I ask about the tattoos as well? But yeah, because no, you no, got it's... um, you know, you got a, a your fair share. Of, <laughs> you talk, do you, can you talk us through? You know, the sort of motivation, the thought behind them as well. When, when you sort of, cause you obviously, got a real affinity for them, and, what, and maybe yeah, what some yeah. of them mean. To um,
1: you. Yeah. I mean, I don't really. I've got a couple that mean things to me. Like I've got family written on my thumb in. Balinese I think that's how you say it and and things like that I've got little ones and I've got my wedding band because my finger's broken so I can't fit a ring on it <laughs> but other than that it's generally just aesthetics mate yeah. so yeah I like tattoos and I just wanted to get some
3: yeah fair play fair play <laughs> Does your body do as you wish yeah, yeah. Um, Courtney thank you very much thank you
0: well that's it for this week big thanks to Courtney for being our guest on the pod and of course Emily Scars as well If you're new to the podcast, then there's a whole four series to catch up on. Scroll back through our archive for interviews with the likes of George Ford, Ellis Genge and the gaffer himself, Eddie Jones. Remember, both England men and women are in action this weekend, so enjoy all the rugby that's on offer and good luck to them all. And there'll be another podcast dropping next week, so until then, from me and the team, it's goodbye.